Back in 2016, Kevin Kelly said the business plans of the next 10,000 startups are easy to forecast. Take X and add AI. And, you know, this actually seems to be a prophecy, but it's what is going on right now. And now, instead of, uh, you know, take X and add AI, the next thousand startups at least are getting started by taking X and adding OpenAI, meaning that a bunch of startups are right now getting started by using the OpenAI's API's endpoints. So if that's the case, how do you actually build a competitive moat on top of uh, an AI company? I think it's uh, extremely important to understand how this technology works in order for to build actually a very valuable company and that behind the technology itself there are various elements that make a product and a company able to build a moat even if it is using something like the OpenAI APIs. So let me explain a little bit uh, the, this in, uh, in this in this episode. Now, one thing that uh, has become clear of the current uh, software development paradigm that we're living and that we're going through, as explained in a previous episode, is the fact that uh, those large language models are extremely good in generalized tasks. However, in order to make them good at very specific tasks, you need to go through a process called fine-tuning. Therefore, the development of the AI industry in the next at least like couple of years, or like two, three years, or let's say five years, is going to be the verticalization of the general AI into corporate functions or very specific functions. That's pretty much it. It's as straightforward as it is. So the main bet here is that if you get the middle layer is able to actually fine-tune the general purpose engines in a way to build very valuable applications for each corporate function or at least an application which is able to enhance a corporate function not to replace it, you're going to get a huge amount of valuable companies. So again, you might get an AI accountant, an AI HR, an AI lawyer, all within the company on your payroll, just like you have other com other people you know, in, on those corporate functions on your payroll, meaning that, of course, the AI is going to be amplifying the work of the accounting team, the HR team, the, the legal team, and so forth. Now, as I said, in order for you to make this valuable and therefore also create a competitive advantage, you're going to need to integrate your own data, which is going to be specialized data about, you know, whatever you, your, your, the corporate function you're trying to automate. For instance, if, uh, let's say, if uh, you're trying to integrate a uh, general purpose AI engine, AI engine within an HR company, you're going to need to integrate into something like an ATS system. If you're actually integrating that into a marketing company, then you're going to need to integrate this AI engine into your CRM. And if you're building, for instance, something like, let's say, an uh, accounting company, their accounting company needs to know everything when it comes to the regulation about accounting and is going to need to know also about regulation in various geographic areas for which this accounting AI software is going to be used for. So as you can imagine, this process that seems intuitive and uh, quite straightforward, it might actually end up to be very uh, consuming 
in terms of time and in terms of resources needed to do that. And therefore, we're going to see what uh, plateaus we're going to you know, um, encounter uh, throughout uh, the development of those vertical engines. But the interesting part, again, is you're going to need uh, data integration, so the ability to understand how to integrate the data uh, needed to actually make those general purpose engine into specialized engine. Data curation, so you need to know what data to give those engines, which is relevant for them to actually become better at, uh, at that. Fine tuning, which in most cases is going to require a lot of time initially from uh, yeah, the the people, the smartest people in your departments to actually make the AI better, which is going to be a process where, for instance, those people might have to go through various uh, uh, iterations of showing the general purpose engine how to adapt their, their, their uh, performance to actually make it suited for specific tasks. And this might be one of the most expensive sides and uh, probably the, play, the, the, the part in the middle layer where the most competitive mode is going to, mode is going to be built at technological level. So the ability to actually fine tune the general purpose engine for specific tasks and then a set of middle layer engines meaning engines that are able to uh, to sort of take what the general purpose engine does and uh, um, do it, transform it into a workflow which is broken down in various parts that uh, emulate or actually have a different complete workflow but they can actually sort of emulate the corporate function itself so this is going to be the the competitive advantage at um, at the technological level if you move from the foundational to the middle and application layer. Another key part, of course, of that process is going to be also prompt engineering, where you're going to be using prompt engineers to actually adjust the UI and UX and uh, enable features which are extremely well verticalized for, the, for, the, for, for those tools. Another key element to take into account is the uh, network effects and the ability to trigger uh, very fast iteration loops as you launch those, uh, those uh, verticalized engines, it's very important that uh, those engines get better the more users join uh, into uh, the same. So imagine uh, a process where you, know, you have an HR uh, AI assistant that is integrated into the company, but then most of the employees are not using it and therefore there is really no data that gets used to actually train better that model and therefore the model is not up to date with what the company is doing right now because employees are not doing a, a little bit of work in terms of uh, fine-tuning the model as it goes by and therefore you lose important network effects and therefore the, the engine never works at scale for the company. Another thing again is workflow, so integrating the AI assistant in a way that makes sense also for the company's culture, structure and uh, also that creates uh, uh, you know, little to no friction to employees because otherwise we just get back to the old paradigm of software development where you give, it, you give them a clunky software which doesn't work and uh, it just generates more uh, BS work within organizations. And then another key point is going to be about uh, branding and distribution, meaning that if uh, you work at uh, scaling up those models is extremely important that you actually make sure that uh, they are uh, available uh, in, a, uh, in, a, in a way that makes your brand recognized for that specific corporate function. So, for instance, if you're going to build the future Salesforce uh, AI-based Salesforce, you're going to need to make sure to have a strong uh, a brand which is as strong as that of Salesforce and the uh, same sort of distribution. And therefore, in that sense, also capital deployment becomes extremely important because you may need initially, especially to uh, make the tool work fine-tuned and uh, also uh, you know, scaled up, you might need actually 
quite uh, uh, huge amount of financial resources to, to, to achieve that. And therefore, it's going to be also important that you have the right, amount, the right amount of capital to actually achieve that objective. But that's pretty much it. I mean, you, uh, my main point here is that you can build um, um, modes into your AI company, even if you're not working at foundational layer, by making sure that you, you're focusing on uh, building the, the, the right, uh, the right uh, you know, use case enabling the right data, right workflow, enabling network effects, and the building brand and distribution to your product. And you're gonna find in the show notes a dedicated post which explains in detail what I'm trying to convey in this, uh, in this episode.